0: Well, I certainly want to welcome you to New Life, Northridge Brighton, Northridge Grossel. So excited that you're sharing in this experience in your communities there. And really thrilled and so proud of you, uh, being a part of Northridge family and embracing our mission to wake the world up to Jesus. And I'm just proud to have you as a part of this community. And I'm thrilled that you can be a part of what we're doing here at New Life. And for all of you who are new members, in the regional settings of Brighton and in Grossil, uh, thank you for being a part of this. Commitment really is the one thing that makes a family great. And I'm excited that you're here and sharing with us and all that God has for us in the future. Uh, this this new life, I really wanted to highlight what I believe is one of the foundational issues of our spiritual journey. Uh, the part of our spiritual journey that I think can make us strongest and Help us to experience god most powerfully and the part of our spiritual journey that can cause us to make bad choices and to move away from god's will in our lives and and it deals with how we live and really when it comes right down to it there are only two ways to live in this world there are only two views we can have the first is horizontal horizontal that is one of the views we can live with in this world. The second is vertical, to live with a vertical view of this world. And those are the only two views. Now, so that we can understand it a little bit, let me, let me define them just a little bit for you. Living horizontally involves seeing and experiencing everything through the lens of what we know to be true what we've experienced to be true in this world it's it's best defined i think in biblical terms as living by sight that's what living horizontally involves living vertically involves seeing and experiencing everything through the lens of what we know to be true about god what the scriptures tells us is true about God and what our experiences with God have confirmed in our lives and the Bible would call this living by faith so living vertically is living by faith and living horizontally is living by sight well in the end of course there's only one way for Christ followers to live and I think you can guess this without any problem at all it's to live vertically I mean we have to live not by sight, but by faith. In fact, look at this promise in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We live by faith, not by sight. The only way we can experience the promises of God in our lives if we, is if we live by and walk by faith, if we trust God. The only way we can know the unfolding fullness of God in our lives and the outworking of his purposes being alive in our lives is by faith as Hebrews says, without faith it's impossible to please God. And so so we have to learn to live by faith. But it doesn't come naturally. What's natural is to live by sight. And so the vital question that I think each of us has to engage in a very personal and practical way, I know I do on a on a daily basis, if we're going to experience God, if we're going to know God and His work and His promises as alive in our lives, then then we have to live vertically. We have to choose to live by faith. And I thought that I'd use a a great biblical example of of living by faith, or living by sight, living vertically or horizontally, so that we can kind of engage in it. And, And the example involves two groups of people. It involves, first of all, Israel, the people of God in the day of Moses, and then it involves Moses, and those who were closest to Moses, but Moses, the leader of Israel. And and so we have these two pictures in the Bible. Now, to put ourselves in context of where we're going to pick up the story, Moses was out in the wilderness. He'd been there for some 40 years. And all of a sudden, God showed up in a burning bush. And in that burning bush experience, God called Moses to lead his people, Israel, out of the bondage that they had been experiencing in Egypt. And, and so Moses said, okay. I mean, he, he took off from the burning bush experience after a little bit of an argument with God that included then Aaron, his brother, and a couple of other deals. And, and he moved to go tell Israel that God was going to deliver them. And this is where I want to pick it up. And, and if you have your Bibles with you, I really want to encourage you to, to turn to Exodus. We'll start in chapter four. And if you don't have your Bibles, maybe you have a, uh, an iPad or you have your phone and you've got a Bible app on that, you can turn to that as well because I'm going to be reading throughout the book of Exodus and then even jumping to the book of Numbers a little bit. And, and so I hope you can follow along. But we're gonna start in Exodus chapter four, verse 29. And here's, here's what the Bible says. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of Israelites. Remember, they had just left the burning bush experience. They're coming in and, and they're having first contact. And it says that Aaron told them then everything the Lord had said to Moses. And then Moses also performed the signs before the people. God had given them signs to show that, that he was speaking for God. And, and when they saw those signs, they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them, and that he had seen their misery, that he wanted to deliver them, they bowed down and they worshiped. And the way I look at this is, it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, this is Moses' first spiritual meeting with these people, his first contact with the leaders of Israel, and, and immediately they believed what he was saying, and, and they worshiped. Every spiritual leader's dream is to have people to believe what he says and to worship the God he's pointing them to. But, but then things go south in Exodus chapter 5 verses 1 and 2, we find the first contact, the first meeting that Moses now has with Pharaoh. Look at what it says. Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert, so they can worship me in the desert. And and this is how Pharaoh responded. Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? And and then he said this, this sentence, and it's powerful. I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. He says, I don't know your God. I don't believe in his truth. So why in the world should I do what he says to do? I refuse. And so obviously the first contact, the first meeting with Pharaoh didn't go so well. And and here's what surprises me about us. We should expect our world. And we should expect the leaders in our world to respond this way. I mean, it should have been no surprise to Moses, I'm sure it wasn't, that Pharaoh was, I don't know your God, I'm not going to do what you're going to say. And and it shouldn't surprise us when our world and our world's leaders do that as well. I mean, if they don't know the Lord, they don't embrace his truth, they're not going to do what he says. It's just the way it goes. And we shouldn't be shocked by it, we shouldn't be surprised by it, we shouldn't be thrown off by it. But here's what we need to know. Though the world and its leaders reject what God is saying, it doesn't change God's truth. And it doesn't change what he's calling us to do. And it doesn't change how he's calling us to live. Just because the world's against it doesn't mean that it's not right. And just because the world's against us doesn't mean we should bow to them and stop living for God. No, we should live for God. The truth is, irregardless of how the world responds to us, it shouldn't change our willingness to keep trusting and living for God no matter what. But here's where I need to just back off just a second and, and ask us to be honest with each other, with ourselves. I mean, for most of us, the world's reaction to us does affect how we serve God. The, the world's reaction to truth, the world's opinion of truth, and how that truth and how they respond to it affects us in our lives, and our jobs, and our economy, affects how we live. But, but it shouldn't. Not if we're living vertically. But it will affect us if we're living horizontally. If Pharaoh, when he responded to Moses, didn't just respond in words, he responded in his leadership. He literally changed his leadership and, and his government's view of God's truth and God's people and what God was calling his people to do he, he was set against it and so he started passing laws to do it he, he he made their slavery even more pitifully difficult he he took away all their elements of uh, for making straw he took away the straw they were making bricks you can read it on your own and and he took away the straw and they still had to make the same amount of bricks I mean he really deepened their slavery it made their life harder to be listening to God's truth. It made their lives harder to be following God's leadership. And, and that's what Pharaoh does. And that's what's always going to happen in the world. So, so look what happened in their response in Exodus chapter 5, verses 20 through 21. It, it basically says when they left Pharaoh, Moses and Aaron, they found uh, the, the people of Israel, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, this is what the people of Israel said to Moses and Aaron, May the Lord look upon you and judge you. You have made us a stench to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. You're making our lives worse, not better. We thought coming to your church meetings and listening to your truth and listening to your teaching would make life better, but it's making life worse. I mean, and they were really upset about it. And so think about what happened in his first meeting. The people believed and the people worshipped. And now here they are. The people stopped believing. The people stopped worshipping. And instead of celebrating Moses and being happy to see him and follow him, they started blaming him for all of their problems. And they, they blamed him for speaking... The very words of God to Pharaoh. They blamed him for doing the very things God asked him to do. And, and when you really look at what they're saying, they, they wanted him to stop. Stop telling the truth of God to Pharaoh. Stop doing what God called you to do with Pharaoh. It's making our lives difficult. You see, the difficulties of living for God and his truth in this world will, will deter many who started off trying to believe, and started off trying to worship, it'll deter them from from continuing to believe and continuing to worship. But it shouldn't. Because you see, it doesn't change God's truth. The world's reaction doesn't change God's truth. The, The world's disbelief doesn't change God's truth. It doesn't change what he's called us to do. It doesn't change how he's called us to live. And yet, more often than not, many who started following christ stop they're deterred they they compromise what he's asked them to do because of the world's reaction we've got to fix this and so we can keep going with this story in exodus chapter 5 verse 22 it it goes further it says moses returned to the lord and he said oh lord why have you brought trouble upon this people is this why you sent me Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he's brought trouble upon this people, and you've not rescued your people at all. I mean, come on. I thought your truth would free people, but instead it's enslaving them more. I thought doing your will would make life better, but it's making life worse. And it even started messing with Moses a little bit. But ultimately, Moses made a total switch where he ultimately and fully believed God. And this is how it happened. But look at verses 1 and 2 of Exodus 6. This is what God promises then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. And because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. It may seem for a moment like things are worse because you're preaching my truth. It may it may seem like life is harder because you're trying to live my way. But you're going to discover that, that my way is the right way. Trust me. Trust me, he said. And so Moses did. And... and What did God do? Well, God broke the back of Pharaoh. He broke the back of Egypt. He broke the back of this leader and this government and this culture that totally denied him and rejected him. He broke their back with the plagues. And you can read about that in Exodus where God sent these 10 plagues that just destroyed the nation. And he did it so that these people would start to know there was something outside of the horizontal Vertical that they didn't know. That this God Moses was talking about wasn't a figment of imagination like their gods, but instead was the real deal. And God broke their backs. And this experience, as you read through the first five books of the Bible, this experience transformed Moses. I mean, it transformed him. He was never the same. It, it redefined his whole life. It redefined everything about his leadership. It it redefined how he how he saw his world and how he saw the difficulties that he experienced and the obstacles. It redefined how he reacted to it. Before he experienced God breaking the back of Pharaoh in Egypt with the plagues, he saw the world horizontally. I mean, he even saw him respond and say, God, I, I've been speaking your truth and doing what you told me to do and life's getting worse. But, but after the plagues, he saw everything vertically. He, he would never again see the world and its difficulties as bigger than God. Instead of living by sight, he started living by faith. And here's what's interesting to me. And here's where, where you and I have to think through whether we're living by sight horizontally or living by faith. You see, put in the same position again, the people of God Israel, the majority of God's people fell back and, and would not would not see beyond the moment. Even though they experienced Moses and God's truth ultimately being true, Pharaoh's back was broken, Egypt broken, God let them go, God delivered them, they left Egypt, and they left Egypt wealthy because God even made it so that all of the Egyptians gave them stuff to get out of there. And I mean, God delivered them. It was an awesome experience. But But when they were put in the same position again, a place where, following God seemed to make life more difficult, where, where listening to and trying to obey God's truth made life harsher, they went back to the same reaction. They, they went back to living horizontally. They allowed the difficult circumstances to stop them, whereas Moses didn't. And I, I want to show you this. I'm going to ask you to turn to Exodus 14. Exodus 14 and verse 10. Exodus 14:10. And when you go there, you'll see that the people of God just reverted right back. Even though they had witnessed the power of God in the plagues, they reverted back to a horizontal view of the world. They lived by sight, by what they could feel and experience, by how life felt. As Pharaoh approached, verse 10 of Exodus 14, the Israelites looked up. And there were the Egyptians marching after them. Now you have to know, so they had been released from Egypt. Pharaoh let them go. Everything was really great, and the, the, God led them directly to a place by Peaharoth and Beelzebub in front of the Red Sea. And there was only one way out from where they were. And they look up, and the Egyptians are coming after them. All the military might of the Egyptians, and, and they were terrified. The Bible says, and. And they cried out to the Lord. And this wasn't, this wasn't a conversation with God. This wasn't a prayer of trust. This was screaming at God, why have you done this to us? And you can see it in verse 11. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? I mean, what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't, didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And you see their reality, These are the same people who heard that God cared and they believed and they worshipped, and then Pharaoh reacted negatively, and so they stopped believing, stopped worshipping, started blaming Moses, started asking him not to speak truth or do what God said anymore, and, and then God came down and delivered them and did a great thing, and then they started worshipping again, they started believing again, they started celebrating Moses again, and then difficult times came again, and what did they do? They backed up and they stopped believing again and stopped worshipping again and started blaming the leaders again. And they're simply reacting by, by what they're seeing. They're, they're living horizontally. They never get past that. Even when they're living for God, they're living horizontally. They're rejoicing and worshiping because of how life feels, because of what they're experiencing, because life seems to be getting easier, because they get their three wishes from God for their sacrifices made. But when it goes wrongly, then, then they stop, because they never get past the horizontal truth is we do that a lot. But the neat thing, the, the thing that gives me so much hope and the thing that I think we have to wrestle with is that Moses was transformed. Moses did change. Moses was different. He, he saw beyond the difficulties. I mean, he faced them. He saw beyond the obstacles and he faced them. He saw beyond his fear and he had them to God. He he literally was transformed from a person who lived by sight to a person who lived by faith. He literally was transformed from a person who lived horizontally to a person who lived vertically. Look what he says in Exodus 14, verse 13. He's in the same situation as the people. But Moses answered and he said, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians that you see today you will never see again. I mean, you know what it sounds a lot like? It sounds exactly like what God told him way back when Moses was wavering a little bit, when Moses was being impacted. He's saying, hold on, you just watch. God's going to work, God's going to fulfill his promises. God is always faithful. And here's the lesson I think that we have to embrace in our own lives. Though there will be seasons that we as believers, Experience where we look defeated, where our experience seems to be as we try to follow God and follow his word and live the way he's called us to, where our experience leads to disappointments and seemingly greater difficulties and more and more discouragement and, and even defeat, exactly where Moses and Israel seem to be, we need to remember, like Moses did, that it doesn't change what God has said It doesn't change what he will do. It doesn't change how true his promises are. In fact, here's what we need to get. There's no question that God will always be true, God will always be faithful, and his promises will always be fulfilled. There is never a question about that. The only question is about us. Will we be true? You see, Moses was because he was transformed from someone who lived horizontally to someone who lived vertically, but the multitudes of the people of God under Moses' leadership weren't transformed. They, they, they continued to live by sight. And the question really boils down to is, what about us? And so I, I want you to see this here. When it, when it came to defining their life, Israel never really experienced the fullness of God in their life. They were always on a roller coaster because They never ever went past the horizontal. Moses, he certainly had his moments where he failed and everything, but he lived a profound life for God because his life was transformed to be lived vertically. And this is going to determine our success in life, in following God. This is going to determine the extent to which we experience God's fullness and the impact of his promises in our lives. Uh, and I just, it's so, so important that we realize that that what Moses did, we can do. We need to weave into the fabric of our lives what he wove in, that, wove in is that God is bigger than any circumstance, that that the God we believe in by faith is bigger than anything we see and feel here. And, and I want you to see in Exodus 14, 14, he really gives us the key to the whole deal and in verse 14 he says, the Lord will fight for you, you need only to be still. He says, this is how I know it's going to be okay. If we had to face Egypt, we're in prison here and they're going to take us down. But, but didn't you learn when he sent down the plagues that there's no power that can stand up to the power of God and there's no promise God will ever break? Didn't you experience that? And so all we have to do is, well, all we have to do is we have to, we have to realize that the Lord will fight for us and we need only to be still. Now, now being still here doesn't mean that they were to do nothing. It wasn't about doing nothing. It wasn't about just sitting in their closet and praying and hovering. It wasn't about that at all. It was was about doing what only they could do in the horizontal. While they trusted God, they rested in the reality that God would do what was only possible from the vertical. Uh, Let me show you what I mean. In Exodus chapter 14, we'll continue. Look at verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. See, it's like, he said, be still. And now he's saying, move on. Yeah, in the horizontal, you've got to walk. You've got to move. You've got to act upon your faith. Being still, knowing that I'll do what I can do in the vertical. He says, verse 16, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. Now, he, he's going to part the Red Sea. They had to walk through it. They had to go. But he was going to do what only the God who exists outside of what we see could do. And this is a big deal. And then I want you to see what happens in verse 29 of Exodus 14. So jump to verse 29, and here's what it says But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and a wall of water on their left. And that day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. Now that's not how they felt when they were standing between Paharoth and Beelzefah and the Red Sea and the Egyptian armies coming, when they were yelling out at God and yelling against Moses, because all they could live by is what they saw. But this is something Moses was able to see before it happened, because he wasn't living based upon what he could see. He was living based upon what he knew to be true about God. And verse 31, Exodus 14 says, And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and Moses as his servant. I mean, that's a great story. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a profound story with a great ending. I mean, you see it, right? I mean, here, here we have the people believing again. Here, here we have the people worshiping again. But did it forever change them? Did they they confront life and difficulties in in an entirely different way, vertically, by faith, instead of horizontally, by sight? No. I'm often asked about the roller coaster of life, and I'm sure you've experienced it in your spiritual journey like I have mine, where it's like strong moments of belief and Strong moments of disbelief and strong moments of faithfulness and strong moments of unfaithfulness and strong moments of obedience and strong moments of disobedience. And it's like, why do I go like this? The answer is because very often we're locked into the horizontal instead of so the vertical. But when you look at Moses, very seldom did he experience the roller coaster effect because Moses tried to view everything through the eyes of the vertical, through the eyes of faith. And that's where we need to get, but they didn't. In fact, let me just show it to you and see if this doesn't remind you sometimes of, of how you live. I know it does of me. Well, what happened when they had difficulty finding water? I mean, God had already, you know, got them out of Egypt with the power of his plagues. God had split the Red Sea. Could you imagine? I mean, they had the experience of walking through, seeing a wall of water on both sides, and then seeing that water collapse in on the Egyptians. It was a crazy deal. I mean, should have forever transformed them like it did Moses, but it didn't. They never got past the horizontal. And so here now they're free and they're out in the desert, they're, they're in the wilderness and, and they couldn't find water for several days. Did they look horizontally or, or vertically? Which did they respond? They looked horizontally and, and what did they do? Look at Exodus 15 verse 24. I mean, it's just so clear what they did. They, they rebelled against God again. Verse 24, so the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? You see, they could never get their eyes off of what they could see, they, onto God, they could never get past the horizontal for the vertical. And this is why they lived in failure so often, and this is why we do as well. What happened when they had difficulty finding food? I mean, a couple of verses later, did they look horizontally or did they look vertically? They, they looked horizontal, horizontally. Look at Exodus chapter 16, verse 2. It, it says, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And this time it was about food. We don't have food, and wah, 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 wah. I mean, God can send the 10 plagues and part the Red Sea. He can send food. But see, they, they couldn't live that way because they lived horizontally instead of vertically. And, and then what happened when they got to the promised land? I mean, you know, when they got to the promised land, and God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to give you this land that other people built, and the house, their houses will be your houses. I'm going to give it to you. And this is the same God who did all these miracles beforehand. And Moses knew it was going to happen, but the people didn't. What, what happened when the spies came back? Well, two of them said, man, God said he's going to give us that. And if he can take down Pharaoh, he can take down these people. But ten said, oh, my gosh, there are giants in the land, giants in the land. And I, I just have to have you turn there. Turn with me to, to Numbers, 30, Numbers 13. Numbers 13. Numbers 13. And then jump down to verse 30. And, and look what happens says, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take the possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. We also know Joshua joined him, but ten other spies. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. By the way, if you say, We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. Are you looking horizontally or vertically? They were looking horizontally. And the same thing happens to us when we're worrying, when we're depressed, when we're giving up. What are we doing? We're looking at how big the obstacle is and how big the difficulty is, how painful the experience is. And that's what they were doing. And so we can relate. They were looking horizontally. And this is they they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they explored. They went and convinced everybody, we can't do it. These people are bigger than us. They were living by sight, not by faith. And they said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak from the, the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. Now there it is. You can always know when you're living horizontally, when you feel smaller than the difficulty, when you feel smaller than the challenge, when you feel defeated before you even get started. But you know what you always feel when you're looking at life vertically, when you're looking at life through the eyes of God? You you see yourself through the eyes of God. I, I made you perfectly. I made you for this moment. I, I've given you all you need to stand up. I can do all things through Jesus who strengthens me, as Paul said. And so... What we have to do is we have to process this idea of we have to get out of the rut of living horizontally and we have to start embracing and living in the power of vertical living by faith. This is how Moses did it. This is how we have to do it. Time and time again, as you follow Israel, they just kept grumbling. They kept disobeying and it kept them from experiencing God's best in their lives it kept them from experiencing God's promises in their lives remember God's promise God will fight for you you don't have to live in fear be still be still Moses got to experience God's best but Israel didn't and so uh, let me just ask this question I how about you I mean I do this with myself I go how about me am I am I living horizontally about how I'm responding to this circumstance or am I living vertically is is what's going on inside me right now as I make these choices, as I'm pursuing these angles in my life, is it based upon horizontal view or a vertical view? And how about you? I mean, you realize we have the same promise that God will fight for us and God will provide for us, right? I mean, Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He'll meet all your needs. Water, food, freedom from Pharaoh, the Red Sea—you're an impossible. Hey, he'll provide for you, but you see, you have to live vertically to see that promise. But we tend to live horizontally. Hey, Proverbs three five and six, I think, says it best when it says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and and He'll make your path straight." You see, that's the deal. We have to we have to trust in the Lord and not in our own understanding. You know when he. He says that, what he's doing, right? He says, you, you need to trust in the Lord. That's, that's vertical. That's what Moses did. Instead of leaning on your own understanding, that's horizontal. But, but if we're honest, we, we tend to lean on our own understanding and discount the promises of God and stop trusting him. But this is why our paths don't end up where they're supposed to be. When he says he makes our paths straight, it doesn't mean they're easy. It means they get us to where he's promised, just like he did with Israel. I love Isaiah 40, verse 31, because very often in this world, we get weary. And it says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and, and not be faint. And so I, I kind of want to, in application of this, ask you to realize that the more we trust the things of this world, the more we trust, you know, man... The less we're going to trust god when we're trusting man and the things of this world we're living horizontally and we're gonna be rocked but when we trust god we're going to be able to stand strong the the more we trust man the, the more it causes us to count on the horizontal more than the vertical it, great example of this, I think, is when Moses was up on Mount Sinai, you know, God was giving him the Ten Commandments and carving them into the stone tablets, and Israel had had learned to look to the man Moses instead of looking to God. They, it was God doing the work. It wasn't Moses. Moses could have put his arm over the Red Sea all day long. Nothing would have happened. It was God doing that. The plagues were from God, but but they started seeing Moses as the guy. They started. They actually started seeing Moses as the replacement guy. Moses gave them confidence. They, they were still living horizontally, you see, because they couldn't see past Moses to God, so they gave Moses all the credit, and, and Moses became the replacement. So when the man Moses went missing, he was up on Mount Sinai with God getting these Ten Commandments for a long time. Do you know what they had to do? They had to make some new gods because they were living in the horizontal. They needed to see it and feel it and touch it. And I want you to turn with me to Exodus 32, Exodus 32, because we we have the picture of this great rebellion, and it answers so many questions. Uh, He was up on Mount Sinai, and uh, in Exodus 32, verse 1, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, wait a minute, was it Moses who brought them out of Egypt or was it God? It was God. But you see, they were living in the horizontal, so they, they followed him, not God. And when he was gone, they needed something else. And so it says, we don't know what has happened to him. And, and so they wanted him to make cows of gold, and they did. And here's all I want to do to make it relevant to us. The same thing happens with us. We, we replace God with the stuff we trust in this horizontal world. Many of us, you know, strongly believe and strongly worship and strongly celebrate God and those who are speaking as truth when when things are going great, you know, when we've, we've got the job and we've got the money and we've got the security and things are going great and it's wonderful. The problem is what often happens is we, we start seeing those things as our replacement God. We start seeing the money and the job as God, his blessing and all that stuff. So what happens when they're taken away, when we lose them? Then, like with Israel, we want to replace our God. <laughs> we want something else. We often make money a replacement for God because it promises us worth and value and security and comfort. But God's the only God. We, we sometimes try to replace God with government. Government will take care of us. Government will provide for us. In this political season, many people are looking to one political leader or another who's going to just meet all their needs and make them happy and do all this different stuff. And I'm not saying leadership isn't important. It is. I'm not saying that the values they represent isn't important because it is. I'm saying that too many people are putting their trust in government when government's never going to be the solution. Remember what happened to Pharaoh. You know, Pharaoh invited... Israel in and gave them the best of land and all the comfort, but then the government changed and it didn't go well for Israel. They became slaves. And, and what we always need to do in this world as we live horizontally, we can never lose the vertical view. We have to live by faith because these aren't our saviors or our solutions. We, we make, make our employers and our jobs our replacement gods. We make positive circumstances a replacement god. We make religion a replacement god. And what we have to do is we have to fix this. If we're going to faithfully live for God, we need to make the vertical dominant. And we need to let the horizontal be secondary. We need to flip what's normal for us. If we're going to be experiencing God's promises, then we need to view life through the right lens. We need to see every circumstance, and we need to see every obstacle, and we need to see every difficulty, and we need to see every challenge in view of the fact that God is bigger than all those things, like Moses did, instead of like the people of Israel. We feel like grasshoppers next to them. L- listen to what Paul did. Paul, Paul, like Moses, lived vertically instead of horizontally most of his life, and here's what he tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Live vertically, not horizontally, Paul says. And if we do, it's important to know that that we'll be in the minority of people in this world. I mean, remember, we should expect the world and its leaders and its people to not know God, to reject God. And so when we embrace God and embrace the vertical, We need to expect to be in the minority, not the majority. I mean, Moses versus all of Israel, he was the minority. The the two spies versus the ten spies, he was in the minority. And even Jesus says the multitudes are on the road that leads to destruction. Few are on the road that leads to life. In actuality, though, even though living vertically will put us in the minority of people in this world, in actuality, we'll be in the majority. Because listen, and this is so important, Moses proved it. One plus God is a majority. One plus God is bigger than the Red Sea. One plus God is bigger than Pharaoh. One plus God is bigger than Egypt. One plus God is bigger than no water and no food. One plus God is bigger than anything. And can I just ask you, what is it that seems to be winning over you? What is it that seems to be holding you back? What is it that makes you feel like the minority and they're just all against you? Well, the minute you start living vertically you start realizing that you plus God is bigger than anything. It's a majority. Moses proved this time and time again by trusting God. We just have to make the choice to trust him too. Moses did live vertically, and he experienced God's best in his life. And so here's kind of where I want to go with with the very end of, of the talk. I mean, these are the two ways to live, horizontally and vertically. The few choose vertically, which is why the few ever really experience the fullness of God. The the many choose horizontally, which is why so many don't experience the unfolding promises of God. And the one question that remains is, what will we choose? What about us? Are we going to choose to live vertically or are we going to choose to live horizontally? My prayer is that we become a part of the great minority who, because of their trust for God, experience life as being a part of the God-made majority. And when we do, we experience exactly what Jesus promised to give us, life and life to the full. And so I pray as we move into worship now that you will lift your head up and worship this God and will remember that that's how we should wake up and that's how we should go through our day and that's how we should go to sleep looking up because when we live life vertically we live life fully let's pray together father in heaven i thank you so very very much for the truth of your word and i pray that we will like moses like paul set our focus on things above and not on things down here that we will choose to live vertically not horizontally and that it will transform us in such a powerful way that we live different lives, lives that tell the world that God is for real. And we'll thank you for it, even now as we move into worship. In Jesus' name, amen.